This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week 14 in the NFL, a week that provided the second consecutive losing week with our picks. I mean, we're still good. We're still about 15 or 16 games over 500. But nevertheless, you know, two weeks in a row where we've taken it on the chin just you know, and, and re- realistically, we would have been, we would have broke 500 this week had the uh, safety in that la- in last night's game did not occur on the last play of the game. So we're going to speak about all those games. That game was very entertaining. We're also going to speak a little college basketball, little landscape of where the season is so far. And like always, we're going to go over the week 15 gambling lines and where those games stand and how they shape up. But before we do that, let's pay some bills. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleinc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes. Located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Vergona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, trucking services, and warehousing for storage. Vergona Cranes services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201-945-7209 or on their website at vergonacrane.com. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School. Serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Thursday night, (laughs) the Patriots traveled out west to play the Rams. And if you didn't bet the under in this game or the Rams, then please stop gambling because you have no idea what you're doing. If you haven't watched the Patriots long enough this year to realize that they were not going to be able to score on the Rams' defense, then, like I said, give up gambling. Uh, We knew going in, like I said, they weren't going to move the ball. Cam, his usual game, 9 for 16, 119, and an interception. I mean, Cam Newton's been terrible. Just flat out terrible. You can't make it up. I think the Patriots have more wins than he's got touchdown passes. The Rams, 17 points in the first half. And what do I always tell you about the Rams? If they score two touchdowns in the first half, that equals success. Goff didn't play great, 16 for 25, a buck 37, a touchdown and a pick. Cam Akers, the rookie from Florida State, sensational. 29 for a buck 71. They've been waiting for that type of game. The Rams defense had six sacks, and the Rams are sitting pretty now moving forward if they want to win this division. They have the Jets this week, so now they're going to get to 10-4. and four. And then it's in front of them. They're at Seattle and Arizona. We'll see how they handle that. Stop me when I say this. When the, if you can actually remember the, the last time you've actually heard this. The Cowboys' defense was really good. Correct. I haven't said that at all this year and haven't said that much in the last couple of years. The Cowboys 30-7 to over the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, a whole home game 
realistically, like I said, the Cowboys defense was really, really good. Two sacks, three fumble recoveries, and a defensive touchdown. Andy Dalton making his return to Cincinnati. 16 for 23, a buck 85, two touchdowns. Uh, I was happy for him. I was happy for him because he gave a lot to that organization. Elliott and Pollard split carries in this game. Something very interesting and something to keep an eye on. You know, when you're paying a guy as much money as the Cowboys are paying Elliott, he should not be splitting carries with the number two back, and they did. Zeke had 12 for 48. Pollard had 11 for 39. So if you're a fantasy player who's got Zeke, you have to be worried. First of all, the season was a total waste, but more so going into playoff week in fantasy last week and now what what would be the semifinal week this week, and I have Zeke, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried because I you just don't know what you're going to get from him. The Bengals ran 20 more plays and had nine more minutes of possession in this game and still lost. That tells you a lot about them. The Cowboys at 4-9, and nine, ironically, are still mathematically alive in the division, but they're not going anywhere. They have the 49ers and Philadelphia at home before they travel to finish out the season at the Giants. The Bears, 36-7 over Houston. A week after getting shredded on defense by Detroit, the Bears held the $39 million quarterback to 263 total yards. Essentially, a buck 55 passing for the great $39 million man, Deshaun Watson. The Bears were up 30-7 to at the half, never looked back, and never really had to. Mitch, 24 for 33, 267 and three touchdowns. Outplayed the guy that I always tell you is essentially going to end up with the same stats and wins if they just let him play. If Mitch Trubisky plays, he's going to win the same amount of games. He's going to do it with with that team. And I don't understand. I mean, he's 4-2 and two this year. Foles is the guy that, that Nagy wanted, and he's 2-5. and five. Uh, Montgomery with a big game. He uh, he ended up with, with, with 113 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown. The Bears are on live support. They're six and seven, but they're on live support. They're at Minnesota, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they're on the road at Jacksonville and then home to finish out the regular season. And they're going to have to go three and oh and get some help. The Chiefs, 33-27 over the Dolphins. Now, look, let me be clear about one thing. Don't let that score fool you. Miami played one good quarter and kept the game close for a half. You know, that game was 30-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter when the Chiefs took their foot off the gas. In fact, they were about to go up again because uh, to score again when, when Mahomes threw one of his three interceptions. Think about this for a second, just to show you how the score sometimes becomes almost window dressing. That game was, it was actually 33-24, not 33-27. That score was 30-10. to The Dolphins are getting blown out. Mahomes, at that point, had already thrown three interceptions. They had a fumble, and they had, and one of those early interceptions led to 
the first uh, to the to the three points that made the game ten nothing, and they were still getting blown out. That shows you the disparity in talent in the teams. I just think the Chiefs are just finding it hard to get motivated. Mahomes threw for three ninety three. Tua threw for three sixteen. Uh, most of those yards after the game was decided, but you know, listen, every every time that the Dolphins can have Tua throw the ball just to get some work in is going to help because it's only going to help. I mean, he's going to be limited in my opinion, but at least he's getting more reps. Miami's eight and five. Very interesting here. They have the Pats at home, a game they should win. Then they're at the Raiders, a game that my man Dan DeMarco, who's a big Miami fan, told me is going to be the game that's going to decide whether they go to the playoffs or not. And then they're at the Bills. I'll tell you what, they have to get this game this week. And then worry about splitting one of the last two. Ideally, you want to win the Raiders game, but if the Bills stumble somewhere along the line, that might be a game that you can probably try to get, you know, for for the division. If the Bills, well, the problem is the Bills already have two games in hand and they won the first one. So, yeah, that's not going to work. They're playing for a wild card. They have to win this week against New England and then let everything else take care of itself. If they get the Raiders or the Bills, one of those two, they should be in. Kansas City's 12-1. and one. They're at the Saints, Atlanta, and then the Chargers. Kansas City should win no less than two of those and end up with the first-round bye as the number one seed. Arizona's 26 and, uh, Arizona beat the Giants 26-7, and I said it last week. I said it last week. When the Giants beat Seattle and everybody was going crazy about the win and, and, and everything that went on, I said two things. One, Seattle's not that good. And two, the Giants should be worried about the lack of offense because they're terrible on offense. They came into that game ranked second to last in the league. And you know what? They continued to be bad. 159 yards of total offense, and they gave up eight sacks. Eight. Most of them by that rookie draft pick they, that, they, that they spent that first round on. The Cardinals were not great on offense. You know, they even got stopped in the first quarter on fourth and one. That This game, honestly, could have ended 40-7. to seven. But If not for the Giants' defense early in the game, they settled for a lot of field goals in this game. They weren't sharp. They just weren't. But Murray was 24 for 35, 244 and a touchdown. Drake, 23 for 80 and a touchdown. And they got a big game from Hopkins, 9 for a buck 36. Arizona's time of possession in this game, 38 to 22. And if you watch this game as a Giant fan, like I've been saying for the last two years that he's been here, Danny Pennies is terrible. I don't care what you tell me. I, don't tell me he was hurt, shouldn't have been playing, okay? The fact is, he had two or three consecutive games where he didn't turn the ball over. He had two games, and then I think McCoy had the other, right? So they had two games where he didn't turn the ball over. But if you watch this game, back to the same old Danny Pennies. Back to the same old Danny Pennies. Arizona 7-6 and six has Philly this week at home and then the 49ers at home. They have to get these two games if they want to get in because they finish up at the Rams. I think at 9-7, and seven, they'll have a shot. The Giants fell a game now behind the Redskins or 
the Washington football team. And they have to really, if 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 the Washington goes two and one, which their schedule tells you they can, the Giants are gonna have to go three and zero. Oh. And the Giants have Cleveland at home at Baltimore, and then the Cowboys to finish up. Tampa Bay, 26-14 over the Vikings. <laughs> and you know, the interesting thing about this game is that Minnesota blew this game. Make no mistakes about it. Up 6-0 after a mixed extra point. They have first and 10 at the Tampa Bay 14 and end up having to kick a field goal, which Dan Bailey who at one point with Dallas, if you guys are football followers or Cowboy fans, you'll know that at one point with Dallas was the most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL. Misses the first of the three field goals he missed on the day. They then give up 23 straight points despite winning the time of possession 40 to 20. That is unheard of. I would love to know outside of these historically explosive offense like the 07 Patriots or the greatest show on turf who could just hit you with one play. I would love to know how many games have been won in this league with 20 minutes of time of possession because that's what Tampa Bay did to the Vikings. They won the rushing Time, the, the rushing yardage, 162 to 107. Total yards, 335 to 303. And first downs, 27 to 17. And they still lost the game. But don't forget, I made the same point about them when they beat Jacksonville. That they dominated that whole game and it took a kick, a field goal in overtime for them to win. Cousins, 24 for 37, 225 and a touchdown. Cook, 22 for 102 and a touchdown. Tom Brady was 15 for 23, 196 and two touchdowns. And Jones, 18 for 80 and a touchdown. Minnesota, 6 and 7. Have the Bears. Everything right now for them is a playoff game. They got to get to 9 and 7 and hope for some fortune. They have the Bears at the Saints and at Detroit. Tampa Bay, conversely, 8 and 5. They can go 11-5 and five here. Worst case, they're going to go 10-6 and six and be the five seed. They're at Atlanta, at Detroit, and then Atlanta again. Denver 32-27 over Carolina. And this was an entertaining game to watch, especially in the second half. Drew Locke showed us what many of us believe he should be doing most of the time. Especially when Carolina cut the lead to 25-20 with five minutes to go. Locke took the Broncos right down the field. Three plays. He uh, he hit K.J. Hamler with a 49-yard touchdown pass to make the game 32-20. Locke, 21 for 27, 280 and four touches. That was I, mean, he, I don't know how many better games he's played. He was really, really good. Statistically, this game was even. The difference was Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater, 30 for 40, 283. And Davis, uh, who played again for Christian McCaffrey, who was out again. And it, listen, I'm beginning to think that McCaffrey is not going to come back for the remainder of the year. They have three games left. I know fantasy owners would love to have him at least for the last two. I know my cousin Jack, who has him, 
in in our league. Would love to have him back, but I don't know what's going to happen. But Davis was 11 for 51 and two touchdowns. Carolina can mess up a lot of things here because they're a team that can get you and their three games all could affect the NFC playoff picture. They're at Green Bay, who's fighting for the one seed, at Washington, who's fighting for a playoff berth in the division in the NFC East uh, title, and the Saints, who are fighting for the one seed, particularly now after blowing that game to the Eagles. The Titans, 31-10 over the Jaguars. The Jags hung around for a quarter and a half, but 17-3 at the half, and then 31-3, and they put Tannehill, Brown, and Henry on the bench for some rest and relaxation. Tannehill, 19 for 24 on the game, 212 and two touchdowns. Henry, let me tell you something about Henry here. Henry was 26 for 215 and two touchdowns. Henry went over 1,500 yards for the season. Three games, can he get to 2,000? That's a lot to ask for. That's about 175 a game. But Henry threw himself into the MVP race with what he's doing right now, regardless Everybody thinks it's a two-man race between uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, but you got to take a look at what Henry's done this year. You know, only a, and if you're fortunate enough to have Henry in fantasy, which I know a lot of people who listen who love fantasy listen to our show. I mean, you must be loving it right now. In fact, the only thing that could be that that the only thing worse. The only thing worse than having a big-time player go down is what my cousin Miguel did in our, in our league. He actually traded he actually traded Henry week four or week five of the year for Michael Thomas and the Ravens defense. Next year, I might throw him out of the league just for that. A.J. Brown, seven for a buck, 12 and a touchdown. The Jags, one and 12. We'll go back to Minshew at quarterback. Tennessee, 9-4. Host the Lions at Green Bay and then at the Texans. 2-1 and one locks up the division for them. And speaking of that division, the Colts, 44-27 over the Raiders. And, and listen, I got to admit this. I was wrong about this game. I thought the Raiders would handle their business in this game, especially after the previous week. You know, the Colts came out and they just took control early. And, and the Raiders, the Raiders were in the game, even though they weren't sharp. Down 17-14, terrible interception. You know what? I shouldn't say it was a terrible interception. It was like it was a terrible throw. The, 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 the guy made a phenomenal play on the interception, but I'm saying it was a back-breaking interception. And the Raiders' defense is just terrible. It's just terrible. And this is... The the game, this is a game that if they would have just played assignment football, they would have won because they put up 27 points. And, and it's not like the Colts are a great offensive team. Rivers, 19 for 28, 244 and two touchdowns. Taylor, the rookie, again, you know, 20 for 150. He's come on strong towards the end of the year after I was criticizing him for not doing much. Carr, 31 for 45, 316. Aguilar, there have been a showing. 
five for 100. And I know Ruggs is not going to play this next week on Thursday. So that should help uh, Aguilar get more involved in the game. Jacobs needs to do more. I know he's been a little banged up, but 13 for 49 is not going to cut it for the Raiders. The Raiders are now 7-6. and six. They have the Chargers on Thursday. A game day, it's just, it's a playoff game right now for them. And then they have Miami. If they win the next two games, they're going to be in a good situation going to Denver to close out the year. The Colts are 9-4. and four. They have the Texans at Pitt and the Jaguars. If you get all three, you can win the division. If you get two, you're probably going to be a wild card team. Seattle beat the Jets 40-3. to Let's establish this very quickly. The Jets are terrible, and they don't want to win anyway. Done. They had 185 yards and gave up 174 yards rushing to Seattle. They scored three points the first three of the game. And then, and then some guy named Sergio Castillo missed three consecutive field goals. They would have been better with Sergio Rodriguez kicking the ball in this game. Seattle took care of business. Wilson, 21 for 27, 206 and four touchdowns, one interception. And Metcalf, six for 61 and a touchdown. Seattle was up 23 to three at the half. Game was over. Seattle's nine and four. They're at the, at, at, uh, at the football team. They play Washington this week. Very, I'm very interested to see what that line of that game is. The Rams and then at the 49ers. The Packers, 31-24 over Detroit. And, and look, this was another game that was actually pretty fun to watch. Uh, and, and I'm going to give a lot of credit to Detroit. You know, Detroit for a team that's 5-7 and seven, or 5-8 and eight now, yo, they've been very competitive. You know, they were in the game the entire way, fell behind 28-14 early in the fourth. And you know what? You're five and seven. You're not going anywhere. You fall behind a couple of touches. You're looking across the field. You see Aaron Rodgers. They had every excuse in the book not to compete, and they competed. They came back, made it 28-21, made it 31-24. You know, and they and, and and look, the big thing here was they just struggled to run the ball the the entire game. They only had 51 yards rushing. Aaron Rodgers right now to me is the MVP. 26 for 33, 290, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He never throws the ball away. Adams, seven for a buck 15 and a touchdown. Stafford, 24 for 34, 244 and a touchdown. Left the game with a back injury. We'll see where he's at next week. Detroit, five and eight at the Titans. Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Green Bay, 10 and three in control of... Their destiny for the number one seed. They have Carolina, the Titans, and then the Bears. The Eagles 24-21 over the Saints. This game was two things. One, a terrible loss for the Saints. And this is the loss that could cost them the Super Bowl. Because let's assume Drew Brees comes back. He's going to play. <laughs> if he comes back, he's going to play. Drew Brees, outdoors, Lambeau Field in January? 
yeah, you ain't winning that game. I don't care how good your defense is. Number two, this was an indictment on Wentz because this game showed that throwing the ball away and not throwing two interceptions a game in plus territory for the other team can win games in this league with the defense that the Eagles have. Hurt 17 for 30, a buck 67 and a touchdown, and he ran for 106. Now, what happens when they get tape is something that I always preach to people when they want to uh, throw bouquets at young quarterbacks who teams have not seen. But I will tell you this. The way the league is playing now, these quarterbacks like Hurts, you can win games with them in the regular season. I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl with them, okay? And the proof is in the pudding in in uh, in Baltimore where he runs and everybody thinks he's some phenomenal quarterback, but when you're playing teams that can scheme you in the playoffs three, four weeks in a row, you're not going to be able to run around like a chicken without a head and throwing the ball for 150 yards. It's just not going to happen. Philadelphia ran for 246, and they held the Saints under 100. Hill, 28 for 38, two touchdowns and one interception. He also had a fumble in the game. Philadelphia's 4-8-1. And, and again, mathematically alive in the division because that division is so terrible. They're at Arizona, at Dallas, and Washington. The Saints... 10-3, and three, have the Chiefs at home. If you want to win this division, you're, uh, the division, the number one seed, you're going to have to win this game. And then they have Minnesota and at Carolina. The Chargers, 20-17 to 17 over Atlanta. Matt Ryan gave this game away, and Anthony Lynn refused to take it the entire game. The entire game. Ryan was 21 for 32, one touchdown and three interceptions. Calvin Ridley, Phenomenal game without, they played without Julio Jones and he stepped up eight for 124. Herbert again, too many throws, but Anthony Lynn doesn't care. He already knows he's going to be gone. 36 for 44, two touchdowns, one interception. They lost Keenan Allen sometime in the fourth quarter. They lost Williams, I think, in the first play of the game. Lynn is so bad. Let me just show you how bad Anthony Lynn is. I've been saying this now the entire year, but just another example so that you don't think that I'm going crazy and that I'm just trying to pick on him. Lynn is so bad that the Chargers won the time of possession, 35-25, held Atlanta to 70 yards rushing, got three turnovers, and still needed a walk-off field goal by Badgley to win the game. Washington, 23-15 to over the 49ers. The 49ers have to be sick. They lost a game where they didn't give up a defensive touchdown. Chase Young, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And, 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 and you know, the other, uh, yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon, I was listening to Mike Greenberg for a bit. Um, and I heard Greeny compare him to Lawrence Taylor. Now, look, I'm not saying Chase Young is not going to be a very good football player, but you can't compare anyone to Lawrence Taylor. Stop. Especially not after, you know, a couple of weeks where he's actually been dominant. But relax, okay? We, we might be talking about the greatest player in the history of the NFL. Definitely, definitely one of the top two or three I've ever seen, if not the best that I've seen. 
Mullins threw a pick six also in the game. Alex Smith got hurt, and Haskins came in to finish the game, but neither were very effective. They threw for 108 yards combined. This game ended the 49ers season, essentially, and gave the outright division in the NFC East to Washington for the moment. Washington is 6-7. and seven. They play Seattle at home, a game that they desperately would love to get because if they get this game and the Giants lose, they are really going to be sitting pretty to uh, win the division. They then have Carolina at home and then at Philadelphia to finish out the year. Buffalo 26-15 over Pittsburgh. I've been saying this all year that Pitt was a paper tiger. They were 11-0, and I just didn't see 11-0 dominance. Well, now they're 11-2, and they haven't scored 20 points in the last three games. Ben must have looked across the field and seen himself 10 years ago. You know, because Jared uh, Josh Allen is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Pitt had 224 total yards. We know they can't run the ball. And then they come into this game and they throw for under 200 and they continue to drop passes. Like I mentioned earlier, Josh Allen is just phenomenal. You know, he wasn't great on Sunday night, but when was he great? The first two drives out of the half when he needed to be. He ended up 24 for 43, 238 and two touchdowns. Diggs, 10 for 130 and a touchdown. The offense was bad both ways early. But like I said, out of the half, when he needed to be really good, he was phenomenal. I think he was like 11 for 11 at some point during those two drives. Pitt is 11 and 2. They're at Cincinnati, a game they'll win. The Colts and at the Browns. Buffalo's 10 and 3. They're at Denver, a game that'll be harder than, than people think. I want to see the line on that game. At the Patriots and Miami. The Monday night game <laughs> was, look, I guess you could say it was the game of the year. It was entertaining. I know that everybody was gaga over it. And I, I noticed that there was also a lot of uh, fantasy football implications. So a lot of people were that really have had no dog in the fight were into, into the game. Uh, the fourth quarter was just great. 35 points were scored. It was like watching a college game. This game had four lead changes, a field goal to win with two seconds left, and then a safety to end the game, which made a lot of betters who got Cleveland plus the three and a half very unhappy. Lamar had 287 all Saquon yards. You know, he had his usual buck 63 passing and his 124 rushing. Mayfield 28 for 47, two touchdowns in interception. 493 of total offense for the Browns. Uh, Mayfield was pretty good, man. Mayfield was good yesterday. Cleveland goes for... T now, now, and you know what? Let me, let me mention something here. Because I don't understand these coaches. 34-20, Ravens are up. Cleveland scores a touchdown. Why they don't kick the extra point and make it a seven-point game, I don't know. I mean, I know the kicker had missed the field goal and an extra point. So you're going to tell me we can't trust this guy? Okay, they go for two and they get it. Now they're down six. But now they score a touchdown to tie the game 
So now you assume, well, they don't trust the kicker. And this extra point is more important than the one before because the one before, even if he missed it, still left you down eight. This one's giving you the lead. They kick the extra point. I don't understand what these coaches do. I I, I just don't. I, I just don't. Baltimore's eight and five, still on the outside looking in of the playoff picture, but they should go three. You know, they have Jacksonville, the Giants, and at Cincinnati. Cleveland, nine and four at worst, should go two and one. They have to win. If they win this week, they're going to end up with 11 wins. If they lose, you know, they're going to be in that dogfight for that final playoff spot. They're at the Giants, at the Jets, and Pittsburgh. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. M&J Luxury Inc. For the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call M&J. Located in New York City with over a thousand cars at your disposal, call them at 718-278-2222 or 914-484-7262. Little college hoops. A couple of notes, a couple of things I want to run by you guys. Because um, I know we have a lot of college hoops fans that listen to the show. Kentucky is one and four. And they have UCLA and Louisville before the conference season starts for them with South Carolina. I'm going to tell you this. Kentucky cannot shoot the ball. Calipari did a great job coaching against Notre Dame down the stretch. But at the end of the day, they're one and four. They can lose both these games. If they're one and six, they could be in a little bit of trouble. Now, I will say this for Kentucky. Outside of Tennessee and Missouri, the SEC stinks. I mean, bad stinks. Like, it's terrible. So they're going to fatten up on no one in the league and get over 500 at some point. But this is not going to be your typical Kentucky year. Couple of things in the Big East. One, St. John's is 0-2 in the league. The only team in the league with two losses. They have Creighton on Thursday, Georgetown over the weekend again. They just lost to Georgetown on Sunday, a game that they led by seven with two and a half to go and four or five with like two minutes to go in overtime. Then they're at Villanova, DePaul, at Xavier, and Creighton. Listen, this schedule's tough, and the Big East is good. DePaul has played zero games. Very interesting to know. That could help some of these teams that might need some Ws because DePaul, when they start playing, they might be a little rusty. Xavier off to a nice start, 7-0. They won at Cincinnati, and they beat Oklahoma. But their true test is going to come on Sunday when they play Marquette. A Marquette team who beat Creighton last night, a game that my man Steve Lavin called uh, for Fox. Steve Lavin, who, by the way, is uh, going to be on the show pretty soon. We, we, we touched base the other day. 
We're going to do a, a lengthy interview with him on the state of, of the of the Big East and the NCAA so far to this point. Uh, moving over, moving over to the Big Ten, Steve Peichel's got Rutgers 5-0, ranked 19th. Now, look, they haven't really been tested. Syracuse came in to Piscataway. They were a little shorthanded, and they did beat Maryland on the road, but Maryland's going to be uh, a bottom feeder in the Big Ten this year. Here's where the big test comes in for Rutgers. Three of the next four are at home. Three of the next four are against really good ranked teams. In fact, I think that fifth game is at Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. But the next couple of games are home against Illinois, who's got a lottery pick, at Ohio State, Purdue at home, and at Iowa, probably against the best player in the country right now in Luka Garza. Missouri beat Illinois. A very good game. A very good game. Quanzo Martin is doing a good job at Missouri. I'm really happy for him. One of the nice guys in the coaching business. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons, Suite G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service, recognizes the number one car service in New York City by the medical transportation industry located in Bronx, New York. Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. The gambling portion of the Sergio Rodriguez show is sponsored by Stan Sports Center. Stan Sports Center is your local full-service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family-owned and operated, Stan's has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportsctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs let's look at the games for week 15 and uh we start on thursday night the raiders are a three and a half point favorite against the chargers expect a lot of points but i know the chargers right now are waiting on keenan allen to play vegas is without rugs I mean, I would imagine you're going to get a lot of points, but these Thursday night games sometimes with totals are a little tricky. Green Bay's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Carolina. I honestly think that line is low. That line being that low tells me Carolina might be the play. Buffalo's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Denver. That's a weird line. That probably tells you there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. I, I thought that line should be closer than six and a half, but I, especially with Buffalo coming off that, that game on Sunday night, Indianapolis is a touchdown favorite over Houston. Uh, you know, you got to go with the team that's more desperate there. Indianapolis is, is needs to win and get in. So, but seven points in those divisional contests are, 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 are hard 
and those league games are tough, right? And 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 Houston's offense is just so weird to to uh, to break down. Tennessee's a ten and a half point favorite against Detroit. I don't like that line. I almost like Detroit in that. I think that's a lot of points to give Detroit. The Rams are a seventeen point favorite at home against the Jets. Uh, I think that might be a lot of points too. You know, the Rams, the Rams defense is good. And I'm sure that the Jets are probably not going to score much, but the Rams offense, again, if the Jets can just play defense for a quarter and a half, (laughs) they're going to be in this, they're going to be in this game. They're definitely going to be in this game. Tampa Bay's a six point favorite at, at Atlanta. Atlanta's shot right now. I think I could see Tampa Bay coming in there and really putting in some work. But you know what? Don't be fooled by Tampa Bay winning last week. They should have lost to Minnesota. Miami's a two-and-a-half-point favorite at New England, at home against New England. I'm sorry. And if this isn't an indictment of the quarterback and the lack of offense that they put out every week, I don't know what is. Understand that Miami's 8-5. and five. Okay. New England is six and seven. And you're telling me that this game on a neutral site would be a pick 'em? Because Miami's a two and a half point. They're not even getting the, the, the three points that a home team would get or would give, I should say. It's a very interesting line, man. That's a very interesting line. Seattle's a five and a half point favorite on the road at Washington. And that line started at three. It's up to five and a half. I think the issue is more so with them not knowing if the quarterback is going to play for Washington. Uh, I think this is the game that you wait till Sunday morning if you want to bet. Minnesota's a three point favorite at home against the Bears. I I like the over in that game, believe it or not. I really do, because that line at 47 is a little too high for a Bears game. They're almost begging you to bet the under. Baltimore, 13 and a half over Jacksonville. Baltimore right now is going to roll. I think that they they won the game they needed to win to get the ball rolling last night, and they're going to take care of Jacksonville. They will, although I will say this, Jacksonville's hung around with a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams. Last week was the first week that they really laid an egg against one of these good teams. Cleveland's a four-point favorite on the road against the Giants. You never know. They're coming off the short week, but very interesting to see if Danny Pennies is going to play in that game or they're going to go back to Colt McCoy. But one thing's for sure, you're going to have to score. You're not going to win this game with 17 points because Cleveland, the last couple of weeks, has damn near gone over 80 points. Arizona, six-point favorite over Philadelphia. I don't think Arizona's good enough to give anybody six points, especially somebody, especially a team like Philadelphia, who defensively can hold their own. Kansas City's a three-point favorite on the road at New Orleans. I love New Orleans in this game. Love New Orleans in this game. The 49ers are a three-point favorite on the road at Dallas. Love Dallas in this game. Pittsburgh is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at Cincinnati. I mean, listen, if Pittsburgh can't score more than 20 points against Cincinnati, then 
It's going to be a quick, quick playoffs for them when the playoffs actually start. Although, although I, I'll be honest with you, I think it might be quick either way. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching the Sergio Rodriguez show, a show unlike any other.